Today, what we want to talk about is Ezekiel's calling, which is quite unique, right? It appears that he has he was preparing for to be a priest, but God called him to be a prophet. And his response to God's calling is, is critical to understanding what God intended for Ezekiel to accomplish, right? And so similarly, God's calling in our, on our lives is critical to understanding what we are to do with the time that we are granted. You know, God's calling for us will will come with the capacity, right, to accomplish what he's calling us to do, but also the assurance of his presence. And so I want to invite you guys, I want to invite everybody to take a journey, right, a journey of introspection, a journey of revelation and ultimately purpose. Have you ever stood at the crossroads of life feeling as if you were destined for one path only for life to pull the rug from under your feet and pivot you in an entirely new direction? Oh no, never. Yeah. Never? <laughs> and so if, you, if you've never been in that place, uh, you may not understand this message at all. But if you've been there, this message is definitely for you, and I hope it can help everyone in here. I want to start with a personal example. You know, a few years ago, I thought I knew exactly where I was headed in life. Well, I shouldn't say a few years ago. Let me just be very transparent and say seven years ago, right? I had plans, plans that seemed good and, and even purposeful, but then through circumstances, prayers, and unexpected events, I found myself on a different road. Mm -hmm. And that road led me and my family here. Amen. You know, the roadmap that I had so diligently crafted for myself seemed to have been tossed out the window. But was both it was both disorienting, but it was enlightening as well. And it changed the trajectory of our lives for better. Mm. Consider navigating without a map. No. Right? No. Let's just say, imagine setting out on a road trip with a meticulously planned route. Right? You plan it out, whether you're using GPS or, or whether you're using a, 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 a printed map or something like that. You were meticulous about planning it out, only to find out that your map is suddenly taken away. Mm. Right? Perhaps you're using GPS on your phone and your battery dies. Mm. Perhaps you're using a printed map and it flies out the window. <laughs> right? And you're in a place that's, that you're forced to navigate using only the landmarks around you and the once familiar journey now feels uncertain. This is how it is with abrupt changes in life's plans, requiring faith 
and trust to navigate. You know, I believe many of you can resonate with this feeling as well. You know, you've been, you've been there, standing in the midst of change and wondering, what now? Yeah. What do I do now? Some of you have moved here from as far as California. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably on your way. You're like, what do I do? <laughs> like Tom, you had a dog in the car, and the dog is like, what are you doing? <laughs> During COVID. During COVID. <laughs> what now? You know, like even a ship, right? Consider even a ship built to navigate a vast ocean. And when it encounters a storm, the direction of its journey is affected. The storm doesn't negate the ship's purpose to journey and reach its destination. And so similarly, our lives, storms, don't negate our purpose. Yeah, amen. We go through these storms in life, and we would think, okay, because of the storm, my whole purpose in life has changed. No, it has not. Mm. What happens is, these storms often clarify and refine the journey. Amen. And so what do you do when, when your career or your, your relationships or dreams, the dreams that you have, what do you, what do, you do when, it's, when that suddenly shifts? Mm-hmm. How do we navigate these, what I would say are divine detours? Mm-hmm. And hopefully you consider them divine detours. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Well, let's journey with Ezekiel this morning. Come on, A man familiar with unexpected turns. And through his experiences, we find answers to our own questions about purpose and destiny. Go. And so as you turn your Bibles to Ezekiel 1, starting in verse 25, I want you to also consider the vastness of the universe. The universe is so vast that it's hard to even comprehend what is up there, what is around us, what is underneath us. But a telescope brings distant stars and galaxies up yeah. close, right? And it brings it into focus so that we can we can see it. And similarly, Ezekiel's vision, Ezekiel's vision is like a divine telescope that magnifies God's grandeur mm. and purpose. Come on. So Ezekiel, starting in verse 25 of chapter 1, says, Then there came a voice from above the vault over their heads as they stood with lowered wings. Above the vault over their heads was what looked like a throne of lapis lazuli. And high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing <laughs> metal. As if full of fire. And that from there down, he looked like fire. In brilliant light surrounded him. 
like the appearance of a rainbow in the, in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell face down, and I heard the voice of one speaking. Can you imagine no. this scene? Can you even can you even comprehend what he's seeing here? Imagine the scene with Ezekiel by the River Kabar. This is not Ezekiel. This is not the River Kabar. Right? But can you imagine seeing a vision of he's seeing a vision of creatures not of this world that he can barely even comprehend. Like we talked about last week, it's spinning wheels and, 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 and brilliant lights. But then above this mesmerizing display, he hears a voice. And the voice comes from a figure that, though human in appearance, shines with the unapproachable light of divinity. God. This is a stark reminder for us all that amidst the complexities and the intricacies in our lives, there is a divine voice. Come on. A guiding presence that seeks our attention. Amen. Now we can ignore it if we want, but it's there. And so Starting in Ezekiel 2, verse 1, it says, He said to me, this is what the, the, the present said to him. It's what God said. Son of man, stand up on your feet, and I will speak to you. Don't lay there thinking I'm going to, don't do, just chill. Stand up. Right? It's almost like he's saying, man up. <laughs> Stand up on your feet, and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet. And I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I'm sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign, right? He's making that clear. This is what the sovereign Lord says. The Lord who is in control of everything. This is what he says. And whether they listen or they fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you and you live among scorpions. Don't be afraid to speak, even though they're going to bite you. Even though it's going to sting a little bit. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them, though, again, he says it, they are a rebellious people. 
Verse 7. So powerful. You must speak my words to them. Now get this. Whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. So there's no expectation of them listening. <clears throat> right? And he addresses them as son of man. So we get the idea of, of that Ezekiel here is rooted in his in his humanity. Right? And a bit, which with this bridge between divine and, and earthly. And he's given this daunting task to speak God's truth. Amen. Wow. To what? A rebellious nation. What a task. We're not talking about a rebellious person. We're not talking about a rebellious group. We're talking about a rebellious nation. That he, as one man, is going to speak to. And notice here, if this is the only thing you guys write down, please write it down. Notice that success is not based on the response of the people listening. Yep. Wow, sure. Come on. Success is not based on the response of the people listening, but on the faithfulness to deliver the message. There you go. You see, some of us expect that when we speak, right, mm-hmm. there needs to be this response based on what we say. Like some, like people must listen to us because, you know, we have a podium, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's not success is in based on people listening. Wow. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you that you should be heard and? That you, what you say should be acted upon. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. It's important for us to know who we are. Mm-hmm. Success is based, though, on the message. Come on. Success is based on how well you know the message that you are delivering. Mm-hmm. Because after that, it's just them and God. Right. right. You are not the fixer of things. Right. We just have to be faithful to the message. Amen. It's important, guys, that we know our place. Because yeah, he's saying, he's saying, listen, they're not going to listen to you because they don't listen to me. <laughs> so why are we expecting that as we speak? People should be like, okay, you said so. <laughs> Why? Yeah. We need to know our place. Mm-hmm. It is up to those who hear the message to receive it mm-hmm. as if from God. Right. In verse 8, but you, son of man, listen to what I say, but you listen. <laughs> right? He's telling them, he's saying, well, you listen to what I'm saying. Do not rebel like that rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me. In it was a scroll 
which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament and mourning and woe. And, I, and he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat the scroll. Then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth. And he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat the scroll I am giving you. And fill, fill your stomach with it. So I ate it. And it tasted sweet as in my mouth. You know, here, Ezekiel's obedience is tested. And God gives him this scroll, right? And he says, eat this scroll, which symbolizes digesting and applying God's word. So as we venture out to speak to the group, to speak to the person, our responsibility is to digest the scriptures so that we know the message we are about to deliver. And if they don't listen, it is okay. You've done your job. Amen. God hands him a scroll filled with words of what? Pleasantries. No! Amen. Judgment. He's instructed to eat it, to internalize it. And to his surprise, the scroll filled with lamentations and sorrow and judgment is sweet to the taste. Some of us don't want to read those parts of the Bible, right? Sour. Oh, all this killing it. God is telling me that I need to do this and that, and I don't want to do it. It's uncomfortable. To Ezekiel, it was sweet as fun. It's a profound reminder that God's truths, even those of correction and discipline, can be sweet to our souls. Amen. When we embrace these things with humility and obedience. You know, <coughs> Travis is not an issue to give medicine to. Blows my mind. We give him common oil, fish oils, not the pale, by the way, the oil. And he just takes it and he moves on. And I'm like, no, sir, put that in a pill. He just eats it. All the medicine he takes, he has a timer, right, on his phone that every night at 9.30, he comes downstairs, takes medicine. Wow. Never late. If we're out, he's like, oh, it's 9.30. I'm like, we'll take it when you get home. And he's like, all right, just <laughs> Never has an issue taking medicine. And so medicine, though bitter sometimes, right, brings healing. Even if it's unpalatable. We take it because we trust in the benefit. We take it because we trust it's going to work. If it tastes like the worst thing we've ever tasted, we taste it and take it because we're like, this is going to be 
any better. The scroll, Ezekiel consumed, tasted sweet because of the spiritual healing and purpose it embodied, and he trusted it. Are we trusting the scriptures? In Ezekiel 3, starting in verse 4, it says, He then said to me, Son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. You are not being sent to a people of obscure speech and strange language, but to the people of Israel. They will understand what you say. They don't speak a different language. They're going to understand what you say. Not to many people of obscure speech and strange language whose words you cannot understand. Surely, if I had sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you. Because they are not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate. But I will make you as unyielded and hardened as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. How many times did he say that? (laughs) And he said to me, Son of man, listen carefully and take to heart all the words I speak to you. You know, God doesn't leave Ezekiel eloquent. He strengthens him, making him resilient against opposition. He said, I'm going to need your forehead so hard. That as they oppose you, it's not going to face you the least bit. Because they will oppose you. Again, guys, what is it with us why we think we should not be opposed? I don't understand. Come on, bro. This divine empowerment is a promise that we can claim as well. All right. When God gives us a task, He prepares us for it. He is not going to tell you to do something and you're not prepared to do it. The reason why we don't get it done is because we don't want to. That's true. Yep. He ensures that we're neither unequipped nor alone. And so, here's where I want to turn the spotlight on you. There was a spotlight on me already. (laughs) But here's the thing, right? I want us to consider the unexpected shifts in our lives. Were they, were these shifts truly random? 
Or could they have been divine intervention leading to a greater purpose? Come on. Uh, yeah. Think about the time you felt that uh, the, the, the that tug in your heart. This inexplicable pull, right, towards a new direction. Could that have been God's voice guiding you? Come on. Much like Ezekiel. And also, are you willing to internalize God's word? <clears throat> Even when it's challenging. And when it's challenging your comfort zones. Many of us, we love our comfort zones. Yeah. <clears throat> or when it challenges your preconceived plans. Mm. Yeah. This is what I want to do with love. Don't interrupt. Don't get in my way. This is how my life is going to be. You know, as we, um, as a, as a, what I hope is a united church, navigate our individual paths, let's remember Ezekiel's journey. That we too might find ourselves rerouted, redirected, and reassigned. But with open hearts and attentive ears, and God's unfailing guidance, we can face the unexpected with hope and assurance. Come on. For in every divine detour, guess what? There's a purpose waiting to be Amen. Amen. Some of us would hope that we're, we were in different places in our lives. But there's a purpose waiting to be discovered right where you are. Amen. Right where God has led you. Yep. And if it changes tomorrow, go with it. Yep. May we, like Ezekiel, embrace God's calling with courage and faith, confidence yep. that he's going to equip us for every twist and turn on this journey of life. And so, as we move into taking communion together, Let's take a moment to reflect on the ultimate purpose that was realized through an unexpected turn, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Come on. You know, I watched, um, I forget the name of the movie, but I watched this movie um, about diamonds many years ago. I forget the name of it. But, you know, a diamond in its raw state. It looks like an ordinary stone. It undergoes cutting and polishing to reveal its brilliance. You know, Jesus' suffering and death seemed like a tragic meeting. But his resurrection revealed the brilliance of God's redemption. God's redemptive plan. Amen. He had the most profound mission on earth. Yet his path was marked by unexpected turns. We study this as we talk about the cross, as we read Matthew, betrayal, denial, abandonment by those closest to him. It culminated in the cross. An instrument of death and, and torture. To many, it seemed like it was the end, right? 
a tragic detour from the promise of a Messiah. But God's purpose was at work, even in that darkest moment, from that unexpected path of suffering and death came the most beautiful turn of events. Amen. Jesus conquered death, bringing forth eternal life and hope for all of us. And so as we take communion, remember his broken body and his filled blood. That these symbols remind us that even in the unexpected and the challenging moments, God's divine purpose is at play. Amen. And through Christ's sacrifice, that purpose is our redemption and eternal life. Amen. So let's take communion with gratitude for a sacrifice and with assurance that in every twist and turn of our lives, God's purpose will always prevail.
And then at this time, I'm going to pray for the contribution. Divine, Heavenly Father God, we thank you for everything that you've given us. And Father God, I love the scripture that says you knitted us in our mind's home. God, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. As Jamie said, you created each one of us with a purpose. That purpose is meant to be dedicated to you. And Father God, you gave us life, you gave us resources, and you gave us peace, love, joy, so many fruits of the Spirit. And God, we want to give that back. Because we know when we get back to you, you will open the floodgates of blessings unto us. I pray that we can fill our hearts with cheer in this time of giving. And we can just glorify what God did. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you are wanting to give, you, uh, you would like to give online, please just scan the barcode on the television. It will lead you to how to give online. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.